So here we are, first gathering of the new year, 2023. Really delighted to be back together again. Mm. This evening, we have the lovely Ian Russell sharing on a very simple topic to explain in about 15 minutes on the Trinity. <laughs> first of all, we're going to worship together and hand over to Dave. So Dave, welcome. Thank Lead you, us Chris. <laughs> Well, it's lovely to see you all. And uh, yeah, I've had a challenging week. And I guess this is a great opportunity for us all just to come together and be refreshed and renewed and invigorated by the message of God's grace towards us and his presence that envelops us and the knowledge that we're safe in his hands. So uh, perhaps we'll start with this song, which you won't know, but it's very, very easy to pick up. And then we move on to some more familiar stuff. Come, drink from the water of life. Draw from the well, that's the fullness of Christ. Stay, rest, be in his love. Lay all your burdens. Sing that with me. Come, drink from the water of life. Draw from the well, that's the fullness of Christ. Stay, rest, be in his love. Lay all your burdens down. Again. Come. From the water of life, draw from the well, that's the fullness of Christ. Stay, rest, be in his love, lay all your burdens down. And that's where we are here this evening, Lord, at that place coming to drink from you to lay aside from all the burdens that we have and focus on you and who you are come drink from the water of life draw from the well that's the fullness of Christ stay Draw from the well, 
That's the fullness of Christ. Stay, rest, be in His love. Lay all your burdens down. Come, drink from the water of life. Draw from the well. That's the fullness of Christ. Stay, rest, be in His love. Lay all your burdens down. Lay all your burdens down. Lay all your burdens down. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see seeing you that changes our perspective it's seeing you and your grace towards us that changes not only our understanding about who you are but about who we are in your plans and in your purposes thank you that the temple veil was torn in two and there's access towards you and there's hope and there's healing joy in your presence. 
How great the chasm that lay between us How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to hell And spoke your name into the night Then through the darkness Your loving the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a what heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to win my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken, I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah, praise the one who sets me free. Hallelujah. Has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body. Began to breathe out of the silence. The roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Hallelujah! Praise the one who sets me free. Hallelujah! Death has lost its grip. On me, you have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah! Praise the one who sets me free. Hallelujah! Death has lost its grip on me. Salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Jesus Christ, my living hope. You are our living hope.
purpose of that, Lord, we can affirm with confidence and faith that you're working out your purposes and your plans across this earth, even though at times we can't see it. You are speaking and you are breathing. You are stirring hearts. And amazingly, we find ourselves wrapped up in your purposes and your plans. Cause us to have kingdom perspective. To see not just what is happening in the world, but what you're doing in the world. And to partner with you, to join with you.
us. Thank you, Lee. You lead us to the place of peace and harmony with who you are in all creation. To dwell in your presence is better than life itself. And whatever our circumstances, Lord, we say yes to you. has a prayer or a prophetic word or something that follows on from that there's an opportunity now to share it you need to unmute no sue sinclair probably have no Thank you, Lord, that you've led us into a new land called 2023. Yeah. Mm. With all the purposes and promises that you have for us every day. Lord, I pray we will have courage and conviction that you are with us. Thank you for your peace that is ever increasing, whatever circumstances we face. We pray for your church this year with so many challenges in Catholic and Protestant and denominations, so many meetings. Well, may they hear your voice, yeah. be led by your spirit. Yes. We bless every church representation that's called by your name, that serves you, Lord. Mm. Lord, we bless them with the prosperity of hearing your word this year. We bless them with the wisdom to understand what that means, where choices and decisions are made. Mm. For your increasing government mm. on the earth. Your Isaiah 9 increasing government, increasing peace never ends, Lord. So we thank you that we 
We know that you speak to those people who you've given authority and responsibility for, for this new land called 2023. Mm. Strategic decisions. And Lord, may your church above all respond to your last prayer that we would be one. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Well, it's our delight to ask Ian Russell to share on a very deep, mm. <laughs> very significant topic, but one that I don't think I've heard spoken about. It's about the Trinity. And the reason um, we asked Ian to do this is that at the end of last year, the were lots of different words, prophetic words coming out, but all similarly around the church is going to recognize and respond more to the Trinity rather than to one member of the Godhead. You know, and, and some of us in some streams know that there were seasons where it was all about Jesus or it was all about the Spirit, or it was all about the Father, but of course, Jesus' last prayer was that we would be one even as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one. So welcome, Ian. I hand over to Thank you now. You, Thank you. I, I just must say there's a context to what I'm sharing here in that um, Marge and I and Chris attended the Charismatic Leaders Gathering at the beginning of December, which takes place annually and has done for quite some time. And... Um, Chris had shared with us about going to the Vatican back in May last year and of the precious times that she had there. And there was just such a sense that this is a, a crucial moment as the world is facing its own challenges and conflicts, that the church is still the means by which the manifold wisdom of God gets displayed. And uh, instead of there being disharmony and disruption in relationships that uh, God was asking us to partner with him in what he's doing in the earth. And of course, um, I'm not from a, a Catholic background, I'm from a uh, Pentecostal new church background, but I, I was wanting to uh, tread very uh, carefully and in a, in a godly way. And uh, I just shared with Chris in the in the gathering right before we started that um, the phrase that God spoke to me many years ago that God as Trinity is ultimate reality is something that he was once again impressing on my heart that we were to be treating people with honor with a, a sense of value and um, this is what happened. In fact, the, 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 the title of the conference was how that uh, we were to value one another. And so I just want to share with you some of the things that God revealed to me a number of years ago that have become apparent to me again, really, really important regarding Trinity. And uh, because how Father, Son and Holy Spirit are and how they live because we are made in their image and their likeness god's intention is that we are like him in fact 
John says it this way, as he is, so are we in this world. Our, our destinies, destinies to be conformed to the image and the likeness of Christ, who of course is the fullness of the deity in bodily form. So he, here's a few things that uh, really impacted me as I took a sabbatical probably 16 plus years ago now. And um, one of the, the verse that God burnt into my heart on this sabbatical was this. John 15, 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. So God's intention is that just as he is love and Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are love and abide in love and conduct their relationships in love, so I was to abide in love. Just to say, this came as a real convicting challenge to me because God revealed to me that I was truth-led, not love-led. And it's not that uh, it's wrong to honor truth, but to be love-led is how God is. He always speaks the truth in love. That's the context of it all. And in fact, to have the truth spoken without love can be quite challenging, harsh, and it can be confrontational, and it doesn't carry the heart of God. So God is love. He lives in love and love is how he does relationship. And in his love, because they share this culture, Jesus says, the father and I are one. This oneness, of course, includes the Holy Spirit. He is one with them. And this oneness is expressed in this abiding, indwelling relationship where Jesus can say, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. And of course, it means that Jesus not only lives in the Father, but he lives in the Spirit. And each person of the Godhead indwells the other. And they may be three persons, but they are one. And this is their very nature. They are love. They are one. And in the way that their relationships are outworked, they give their glory to one another. So, for instance, Jesus says to the Father, not my will, but your will be done. He is God. He has the right to conduct things according to his will. But he gives this glory of his will to his father to say, it's not what I want. It's what you want that really matters. He gives glory to the father. In the same way, the father gives his glory to the son because Jesus says that the Father has given all judgment to the Son. 
the Father could judge, but that glory he gives away to the Son to say, Son, I want you. And there will come a time where God will judge the earth in the man that he has given, namely Jesus Christ. And the Spirit, in the same way, gives away his glory because he does not speak on his own initiative, says Jesus. When he comes, he's not going to make up his own agenda. He is God. He could do that. But instead, he will take what is mine and he will disclose it to you. He, he gives away the glory of saying what he wants because he only wants to carry what the father is saying and what the son is saying and so our reality is that the father has now placed us in christ we're in christ and christ is in us and we get to access this trinitarian life and our lives are now learning to live life as they do and relate as they do. So as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love and love as I love. This is what we are learning. This is what is the great commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. And this love is expressed amongst us amazingly, as it is amongst Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that this oneness that Jesus has with the Father is now our inheritance because the scripture says that he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So Christ living in me, I in him, Christ living in us, us in him, there is already oneness that has been accomplished by the work of the Spirit, one in spirit with him. This, this affects not only my and our relationship with the Lord, but it spills over into, for those of us who are married, into our married life that God's intention is that it's no longer two, but the two shall become one. So that increasingly we're becoming one in spirit and one in heart and mind. And of course, one physically as well. This oneness is a reflection of Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And when it comes to the body of Christ, and, and of course the context here is us meeting with Catholic brethren at the charismatic conference, so precious. The reality is there is only one body. And it's not approaching people as us and them, but realizing that one Christ died for the one body and that this in this one body we are to love one another and so in in coming to this precious gathering my heart's desire was not in any way to be combative or competitive or us and them but what does it mean that 
we learn to live as one and to work out our oneness. And this includes giving glory to one another, that we love one another, bless one another, value one another, esteem one another highly in the Lord. And truly, in Christ, it's not about us building a ministry. It is actually about replicating the heart of Trinity by giving glory. And by giving glory to one another, by honoring, by esteeming, valuing, appreciating in love, then the influence of God's grace in us and through us becomes enlarged, not by me seeking to build a ministry, but actually by giving away what he's given me, we to give away glory, just like the Father, the Son, and the Spirit do to one another. And by giving what he's already given us, to love one another as I have loved you, this becomes a roadway that we then grow into deeper relational unity, that we may be one, even as they are one. And so what I want to do tonight is just to really apply this into very practical things for us that are on a daily basis. If God is love, we are to live in love. What does it mean each day to receive agape from the Lord so that instead of me coming to give first of all if he is love agape and I am and you are the beloved the agapetos what does it mean to position ourselves to receive love so that we can give love. And he, we know what love is because he first lived, loved us. He always takes the initiative. He always loves us. Therefore, we are to be recipients of this love. What does it mean for me to open my heart first thing every day to receive agape so that I'm in a place every day to give agape? And like, we witness with dear Heidi Baker in Mozambique, she stops for the one to love the one. And the effect of that is just transformational to the nation of Mozambique. So what does it mean that God is agape, I'm agapetos, I am the beloved that receives, and the more I receive, positioning myself to receive, the more I can give to others they can receive what comes from above. And the second practical thing is this. If I am one with Christ, how can I cultivate oneness with Jesus, who is also one with the Father and one with Holy Spirit? And actually, oneness with Jesus was always the passionate desire of all the true mystics. Sometimes they went about it in weird ways, I get that. But being one with him is his passion for us 
and he wants us to be passionate in the pursuit of how do I live in oneness with Jesus and one with the Father and one with the Spirit so that, so that life will flow in a supernatural way out of that unity that we have. And then in giving away the glory, what we freely receive, we can freely give. We can be glory carriers and glory givers. What does it mean to be so filled with love that I get to carry and give away to others so that every day is a day where I can pour into others for them to receive what I've been freely given, I can freely give to others. After being at um, Highly Conference Center and realizing this journey, I came to be made aware that it's even much bigger than the Protestants and the Catholics. Actually, there have been departures down through the ages that God wants to restore everything to make it one body. It's not just with the Catholics. What about the Orthodox? What about this dear group of people that are sometimes better rooted in an understanding of the Trinity than the Western church that developed a certain way of looking at things so that there was hierarchy in the Trinity when actually there is no hierarchy. There is three persons who are co-eternal, co-equal, co-substantial, and that they, they live their lives in a non-hierarchical way. And what does it look like for us in church life and church leadership to be non-hierarchical so that we can represent truly the nature of God? And then beyond that, not just the Orthodox, what about with our Coptic brothers and sisters? And this, this comes home to me here because just outside of the town that we now live in, Scarborough, is the only Orthodox Coptic monastery in the country. And uh, we just went past there the other day. They have amazing uh, sculptures of the life of Jesus in their beautiful grounds. And in my heart, I'm thinking, Lord, I have to make the connection with these guys because there is to be one body. They dress differently to us. They act differently to us, but I believe that the passionate heart of Jesus, that they may be one as we are one, includes all the expressions. And I believe that if our hearts will be in love and humility and esteem to one another, instead of coming in judgment and in dismissiveness, then I believe in an aligning with the Trinity, we get to carry his heart. I, I believe that there will come connections of the spirit that are so precious. And honestly, uh, I didn't expect in growing up that I would have the connections with Catholic people that I have right now, because I was so antagonistic from a Protestant mindset. How much more 
if we will align with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, will we partner with him to see the body be one, which is his passionate prayer before he goes to the cross? I don't have all the answers. These are just some of my thoughts. I'm just throwing out some of the things that I am trying to do on a daily basis in love and unity and giving away glory so that I can play my part in the bigger picture. Wow, thank you, Ian. Just feel like heavens clapping, <laughs> clapping the words. So I've asked Marge and Richard and Ravenpat and Phil to start off a dialogue, follow on from that. Ravenpat are on the screen, so I'll ask them to start. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, thank you, Ian. Thank you very much indeed. And um, that's it, isn't it? It's love. I was I was thinking actually earlier in the week that, um, you know, this discourse that Jesus has with his disciples just before uh, going into Gethsemane, um, where I guess he was conveying the profound, the important, the most significant message, uh, when it boils down to it, it was all about relationship, relationship with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, relationship with one another, relationship with the vine, I'm the true vine. And we've all got our pet doctrines and ideas, um, you know, uh, we've all got our different emphases. Some emphasize the Sermon on the Mount as being true Christianity. Some emphasize the replaced life as being true Christianity. Some, uh, you know, the new covenant, uh, the finished work of Christ, all of those being incredibly important. But Jesus sought to convey this relationship, as you've said, with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit, love and uh that transcends all those different things and uh, you know i don't think we're ever going to get to that place where we're all of doctrinal unity that's never going to happen we all see through a glass dim uh, dimly or darkly mm. but the relationship the the vine and the branches the relationship with one another i think you know such an amazing thing. And in some ways, you know, this was the ticket many of us came in on. And I think that we have made some progress over the years, but there's still a heck of a long way to go. Uh, and in broadening our understanding of the Trinity, um, as you rightly say, many other groups have a, a more firm foundation. I mean, my salvation experience was all about Jesus, you know, coming in via the ticket of uh, Arthur Blessed and uh, Jesus saves and it was all Jesus. And then you begin to see the father and, and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, it's this multicolored body of Christ, many faceted, Pat. <laughs> yeah, I love this message, Ian, I love it. And um just been I'm learning, I've been learning particularly over the last year, um, learning how to live in this message. And things like I, I think 
that yes, it's a really deep message, but also it, it has to be the Trinity. It has to be something that a child can understand as well. Mm -hmm. So there's this great depth, but a child can understand this too. And I see it as the three in me, Father, Father God, the lovely Holy Spirit, who's such, uh, such fun, and, and the Lord Jesus. And each morning I wake up to a new morning and I see that they're all in me. And I, I thank God, I thank them for, for that. And I, I think of the, the, the truth that I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. And so that wherever I walk or go, I carry them in me, I carry their presence in me. And we all do, I'm not just saying me, we all carry the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit in us wherever we go. And um, how do I work this out practically? Well, I'm just learning. Mm. But um, I think one of the biggest things that I'm learning to do is to stay, to abide yeah. in their presence, to stay. And so anything that starts to pull me out, I might worry about something. I like Dave hurt his back and I'm thinking we've got to do this, this and this and this. And I can choose to get anxious or I can say, now, hang on a minute. I have the presence of the Holy Spirit within me. I have Jesus. I have the Father. And I say, let your peace rise in me now. And that anxiety goes. Um, I meet someone and they've really annoyed me, <laughs> got on my nerves, and I can choose to get really annoyed with them. Or I can stop and I can think, hang on a minute. I have love within me. I have patience within me. In the, pre in the presence, in the person of the Lord Jesus, of the Holy Spirit, Father God. And I can say, I want to partner with you now. Let your patience rise in me. Let me see this person who's getting on my nerves. Let me see them as you see them now. And I can't make that happen. I can just relax in the presence that I'm in and let that happen and come over me. And I don't always do it and sometimes I can't, you know, I think, oh, I'm not going to, I'm going to get really annoyed. Or I can stop. And I think more and more as we start to really let who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, who Father God is within us arise and we partner with them in every aspect of our lives, then we can live as them and with them and we can be part. We're in, we're in the Trinity together. It's a Trinity and us, all of us. And I think, wow, it's mind blowing. And I'm still starting to learn what that really means. But to me, this is the gospel. This is the more than good news. This is the way that Jesus, that the Father, when he said, when they all said, I'm going to make you in my image. Yeah. This is this is what I believe is the truth, and and I believe a child can know this too. So thank you. I love this message. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Before rushing on, let's just hold that thought of partnering with the Holy Spirit and with one another. Mm. 
you know, these words that are coming from different people tonight in song, but also in the word, they are life because they're coming from the spirit to us. Malachi 3.16, those who feared the Lord talk together. There's a fear of the Lord on what's been shared and what is going to be shared. There's a holiness in speaking out of our heart the revelation from the word that we have, our part, it's food to us this evening. So I'm going to ask Richard in a minute, but we want to chew on the words rather than rush, gobble them down and move on to the next one. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Let those words go deep. Yeah, thank you, Ian. That was uh, really good. Um, very similar thoughts. Um, I love John's Gospel. I love Richard Baucom. I don't know whether you've read any Richard Baucom, uh, but some of the his ideas were very prominent in your talk. Anyway, that apart, I've, I've written three three things down um, for what it's worth. Um, the first is that um, uh, one thing I liked about your talk was that a lot of people sort of these days when they talk about the Trinity, they talk about the Trinity as a model for relationships. And I actually don't think it's a model. Um, and I think what you brought out in your talk is that the idea is that we have fellowship with the Trinity. That, that we're incorporated in some sense into the Trinity. And, and that then affects our relationships, I think, as Pat was saying. So it's not a model, it's an experience of fellowship that affects us and changes us. So I think that's one thing. Um, second thing, I wanted to slightly disagree with something that you said, um, which is you said that there's a lack of hierarchy in the Trinity. Um, I, I don't think either the Western or the Eastern Church would say that. I think that there is a hierarchy because the Son is sent by the Father. So, you know, the, the, the Son doesn't send the Father, the Father sends the Son, and the Son and the Father send the Spirit. Or if you're, uh, if you're Eastern Orthodox, you believe that. The Father sends the Spirit, not the Son. But there is a there is a hierarchy. I think I think what what you were getting at was there isn't a system of domination yeah. within the Trinity. I, I I used to be in John's team, and um, uh, it was it was a good experience. And um, John leads with a very light touch, but there was a hierarchy in the team. And I think in all human relationships, uh, apart from, well, I think perhaps marriage, I think there is a hierarchy. And because uh, I think that's that's innate in the nature of God, actually. But it's not an autocracy and it's not a domination system. And which leads me on to my third point, because I think that um, when you were talking, I was thinking of that phrase, you know. It, do we have the the power of love or the love of power? And I think that the church today is very enamored with the idea that we'll become more and more powerful 
and we will dominate all the world systems, you know. And I think that that's actually a, a heresy. I think we will become weaker and weaker, but powerful in in our weakness. God's power is made perfect in in weakness. And I think that that's the power the power of love, or the love of power. I think that will be um, something that will differentiate between. Uh, people who overcome in Christ and those who erect something that's a, a, a system that's actually anti-Christian. Um, so I think, you know, people like Heidi Baker, Mother Teresa, we see the power of love rather than the love of power. And I think that's what you were talking about. That's, I think, what Pat was talking about. So I'll shut up there. That's my my little bit. Thank you for listening, if you have been. And those of you who went to sleep, I hope it was refreshing. <laughs> Get two theologians in a room. <laughs> Ian and Richard. <laughs> yeah. If you get two theologians in a room, you have eight opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Marge. Hi, well, I'm not a theologian, and I'm really glad I'm not, because one in the house is enough. <laughs> I'm just happy. I just tell people that if I don't know anything, I've got my concordance sat next to me, so that's great. Um, I was really grabbed by Dave's first song about letting go and drawing from God, because God has just been speaking to me from Psalm 46, verse 10, about being still and know, that knowing experience that I am God, because we are living in turbulent times. And um, I think that's the whole thing of abiding that Ian was talking about, that abiding in the love of the Trinity. And it's this whole thing of rest and being still. And we can be still even when we're busy. You know, I can be doing stuff around the house, but I'm stilling my emotions. It's not always a physical thing. And um, I think that is something that I find sometimes hard to cultivate because I like to be busy. But to have that abiding so that I'm experiencing that oneness with the Trinity, that joy, that love, that abiding, so that I'm going to overflow with that. I'm going to demonstrate his glory just doing it naturally. And I was really um, struck by John 15, 9, where he says, um, where it says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, now remain in my love. And then it says, on verse 11, I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be complete. And just the fact that it's his joy in us, yeah. so that whatever we're facing, it's his joy not something we've got to work up for ourselves. You know, people say, oh, think positively. But it's his joy that is in us. And in um, the Passion Version, it says, my purpose for telling you these things is that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. And that is one of my goals, just to keep flowing with overflowing gladness, no matter what is going on, that... I'm just glad that I'm in him and he's in me. And again, I just love the fact when Ian talked about glory, that it's such an example 
that we as the church have still got to be growing in, it, their relationship is not self-seeking. No. It's a relationship of trust and love of perfect harmony, delighting in one another. And I had to smile to myself when Pat said about when somebody gets on her nerves. I thought, yeah, I know what that's like. And I have to delight in that person because Jesus is in them. Um, but if if we can look, abide and, and as the bride and grow in that, and we give ourselves, and it is a giving, to receive daily um, his loving kindnesses, because where the scripture says his mercies are new every morning, Ian was saying that he looked at the Hebrew and it says his loving kindnesses, which is not just one act of kindness. His loving kindness is a new every morning. And uh, to wake up and because we're practicing that abiding, to wake up and receive those kindnesses, that his love, we overflow to one another. So that the world will will hunger for that when it says by all this men will know that you are mine i want to be so overflowing in love that people are hungry to know who is it who who is it so i think that's mostly what gra has been grabbing me it's the whole abiding and receiving of the trinity really and you know love is not self-seeking and the harmony and the, the whole thing of, um, you know, it's God, the Father made a huge sacrifice and gave his son to us. And, you know, it says that uh, true love when friends will lay down their lives for one another, or one of the versions says will sacrifice his life. And that's not necessarily always to death like Jesus was, but it's how do I lay down my life again? And you just look at the Trinity, Jesus. The Father sacrificed Jesus. Jesus sacrificed his will. Not my will, but your will be done. And, yeah, that's just how I'm seeing it, really. It comes out of that abiding and receiving from Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, really. That's Thank my you. goal. I'm not there yet. <laughs> Thank you. And Phil. Thank you, Ian. That was... Uh... Very, very brilliant description, and uh, it's, it's. I think it's made us all think. And I love the phrase you said at the end, that towards the end, what we freely receive, we can freely give, and we can be glory carriers and glory givers. Mm -hmm. And in one sense, I think what you said, what you've described, is that the Trinity is the greatest example of sharing glory that there can possibly be. And I was sort of imagining what it must have been like when there was no creation. There was just the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in that incredible union um, and unitedness of honor and respect for each other. And then they decided to give some of that glory away by creating man. And they were prepared to share their glory. And then when Jesus died and was resurrected, the, the trinity completely changed because they went to have jesus as a god man as part of the trinity and then jesus said you know come and be part of the trinity and that's what i think several people have shared 
is that we're in Christ and Christ is in us. Therefore, we are in the Trinity and part of the Trinity. So that sort of reinforced to me, uh, Ian, that this idea of we've, we are living in the glory and therefore the glory can flow through us. So thank you so much. Thank you, Phil. We've had lots of food. So before we go into breakout groups, I just want to open it up for anybody else who'd like to add something briefly or ask a question of Ian or Richard or anyone else. So just a moment to give you an opportunity. I just share something. Is that okay, Chris? Yeah, very brief. Very brief. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I'd like to just share two occasions when I feel um, moved to share in the love of God. And on one occasion, I think by God's grace, I was able to help. And uh, the second time, which is very recent, actually, I failed miserably. And um, I think it's good to think how, how love behaves. And after years of meeting Catholics and working with them and being humbled by what I saw, we started these conversations, and the first time we met with Bishop O'Farrell, I may have said this before to some of you, that he was virtually in tears because of the struggle that he had with denominational people meeting to talk about unity, and they always started off by speaking about division. And uh, we were able to respond to that and say, look, we are not here essentially to talk about differences or anything like that. We're here because we believe that we are one in the unity of the spirit, and therefore we come in that spirit to have fellowship. And if in the course of fellowship, we're able to give one another a greater understanding of the things that we believe and how we see things, that'll be fine. And the bishop sort of almost wept, and, and we were able to pray to the bishop on the first meeting with him. And that was the first occasion, I think, by God's grace, we were able to bridge a gap, which a few years before, I would have been totally unable to do because of my attitude towards the Catholics. But the other relates to a member in the family yesterday when uh, we were talking about a particular issue. I won't go into the details at all. Wouldn't be helpful. But I made a comment when I'd already heard the Lord say, button your lip. And I made a comment and it immediately produced a reaction. And Obviously, I was trying to do something because I felt I was right, but I wasn't moving in the love of God. And I think looking back over my life, the biggest weakness that I've had over and over again is speaking out of my personal feelings rather than out of the love of God. And the worst possible time to do that is when you're right or you think you're right. And by God's grace, I am often right. It wouldn't be, I wouldn't be here if I'd been through my life making mistake after mistake after mistake. I've often been right. But that doesn't give me the right to be right, if you know what I mean. And so I evoked a reaction. And uh, I was quite hurt, actually, but no more hurt than those who I had hurt. And I had to apologize profusely and declare that I was in the wrong. And the first time I did that, that was quite difficult. I, I said, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, but the second time I apologized a little later on, I said, look, I'm really, really sorry. And I could see that God had softened my heart 
to believe that not only was I wrong, but I was really wrong. <laughs> you see what I mean? And uh, I think learning how to behave like the Trinity, this is the thing that mystifies me. I was in a meeting where a great preacher stood up and talked about what would Jesus do? And then he called everybody to rise to their feet and say, stand up if you're going to go from here tonight and do what Jesus did. And 2,000 people stood to their feet apart from Christy and I. And one Catholic gentleman said to me, What's, why didn't you stand on? I said, well, I should probably meet a coffin tomorrow in the street. And I'm not going to go and open it up and tell the bloke to get out. I said, I'm not quite there yet, but I'll try and do what Jesus does. And I think, you know, that's what we're seeking after. And they're struggling, as it were, to behave like Jesus behaved. And certainly he knew when to bun his lip and say nothing at the most difficult time. So I suppose we're all learning, but I want to say that I'm 86, but I'm still quite a long way down the ladder. I'm still learning. Wow. <laughs> but there's glory in that, isn't there? In, in, yeah. in, in repentance and the glory comes. So that's, that's equally how we're meant to live, isn't it? So yeah. thank you, John. That's, that's really good. Mm. Anymore, I'm feeling yeah. not to do breakout groups this evening because this is such such a deep conversation. So, anybody else like to add something or ask something? Because when you come together, everybody has. If you've already shared. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's just feast on what we've heard this evening. And, yeah. Just pray into that. Mm. Yeah. Lord, thank you for the rich food that came from your table. Mm. You prepared a feast for us. Yes, Lord. Lord, and the enemies of our soul are standing there and we have fed on the table. Mm. We have fed on your words of life. We've fed on the reality of those mm. in, as John says, in confessing and repenting and receiving forgiveness, receiving forgiveness and then forgiving ourselves. Yes. This is part of being in the Trinity, mm. that when we confess our sins, his love flows to us. And our job is to receive it. So, Lord, I thank you so much for everyone who shared, everyone who's been present this evening. Yes. Lord, may we grow in this word yeah. and all the multifaceted elements of that word that are practical in our life, Lord. That we can, we can go out and do what your word has done in us this evening, what your word has not just fed us, but influenced us, flowed, flowed into us and be part of us. So Lord, let those words stay and seed and root and bear fruit in us. Mm. Yeah. That our spirit understands and our mind can catch up later. Mm that we receive the wisdom in our spirit. Yeah. So Lord, we bless one another here this evening. We bless 
every household represented here, every nation represented here, mm. every church community represented here, our cities and our nations. Yeah. Mm. And we bless and glorify you. Thank mm. you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen.